You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 22 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And on this podcast, we attempt to crack the code to the entertainment industry one conversation at a time. And to that end, we interview casting directors, actors, agents, uh, managers, uh, filmmakers, writers, directors, anybody involved in the entertainment industry, and we bring those interviews to you. And of course, uh, we want to keep this as open a dialogue as possible, and we have um, a, a lot of ways of doing so. Uh, you can check out our website for those. Some new ones, um, we're, <laughs> one is we're currently live streaming this on Ustream. We do have a Ustream channel. Every once in a while when we're recording, we will um, put it up on the Ustream channel. It's uh, ustream.com forward slash inside acting. Um, if you want to either watch us record it live or go back and um, watch some of the archives, which are kind of ridiculous because it's just a lot of us <laughs> messing around and you don't have the interview on them and stuff. But yeah. That's one way. Um, and another new way. Uh, oh, and the other new way, we just set up a, a Twitter account for Inside Acting. So we are now twitter.com slash inside acting. How yes. bomb ass is that? So that we got amazing. that Twitter handle. Yeah, so um, follow us there. We'll just be tweeting out like uh, news and info regarding the podcast and maybe the occasional behind the scenes photo or video or something like that. Yes. So um, check us out there. We'll and, add that to the uh, website. The rest of the ways of getting a hold of us are all on the yeah. website. So we have, in this episode, part one of a two-part interview with Lori Records, who is actually a uh, commercial casting director, and we're very, very excited to have her on, and we'll have her on this episode and in episode 23 as well. That's the twenty-three. That's just a weird. I can't believe we've made it that far. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Going strong. Going strong. So we've got a couple shout-outs before we kind of jump into the the kind of question and answer segment that we're going to do before the interview here. But I wanted to give a shout out to Philip Wimmer. Philip is uh, a gentleman from. Germany, I believe, who's got a, a actually a German podcast for actors, and I I don't I don't speak German, but the production quality is pretty good. I don't really know what he's saying, but it sounds awesome. And uh, <laughs> he sent in a, a a donation. So, um, Philip, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And we'll put in uh, links to Philip's podcast as well as his Twitter handle and all that on the website. So, thank you, Philip. Thank you. Do you have any shout outs for this um, episode? Oh well, I mean, I guess I just want to say a big shout out to. All of the um, Twitter followers, like um, tw- people who follow me, who are listeners of Inside Acting, mm-hmm. for basically, you know, the, all the support. Like lately, I've been just um, like every, when I have an audition, like I'll post it on my Twitter account, um, and people will say like "break a leg" and "good luck" and stuff. And that's really cool. I actually really appreciate that. So thank you all. Um, you know, Isom will will do that. Um, there's just other. Girl, I can't really read her Twitter handle, but it's like La Licenciada. She's probably going to kill me later for saying La that. La Licenciada. Yeah, something like that. But uh, thank you to that's you. Just, for that's just right in line with our, our listener names, which are just so kind of uh, exotic and unusual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> cool. Uh, sweet. So Great. So we've got a couple um, questions um, from... 
various listeners um, that we've actually got a backlog of questions. We had hoped to get these uh, answered in the last episode, or at least address them and chat about them in the last episode, but we, as you know, we ran out of time. So we're going to handle a few of them here before we jump into the interview. Uh, did you want to take the first one? Because we... I thought we'd start at the with Sarah's. Oh, with, uh, oh Sarah's. Yeah, Sarah she Lynch. she wrote us back in like late March, and we're just now getting to her question. <laughs> She's not listening anymore. Um, <laughs> Sarah Lynch, if you're out there, this answers for you. <laughs> this wow. is a really good question. I, I wrote her uh, uh, a reply to this, but um, I think it bears talking about on the podcast. She's a acting student in Vancouver, fil- uh, Vancouver Film School in Canada, and. Uh, she has a question. It basically, I mean, I can distill it down to, I'll just read the last part of it. That's what I'll do. Do you know if there's any comparable amount of opportunity be, of being cast in independent film as well as commercial television in New York? She's asking about basically the difference between um, Los Angeles and New York when it comes to uh, film and television specifically. So um, mm-hmm. do you want to take this, the first part of this answer since you did you know, do the, the text reply? Sure. Yeah. This is a really good question and something that I actually personally kind of struggled with when I was deciding whether or not to move out to LA versus New York. Um, and I like her question, especially because she's very targeted. She's more targeted than I was. She basically said that she's interested in doing independent film and commercials, but not necessarily television or studio films. Um, and in that case, um, if that's your focus, I would say New York and LA are probably pretty much on equal footing. I mean, I don't know for a fact that there are more commercials cast in either one city, but when I was auditioning in New York, I was going out just as frequently for commercials as I was, as I am here now in LA. Oh, interesting. so, um, and as far as independent films, I mean, there are great film schools in both, in both cities. Yeah. And I think that there are tons of indie films being shot in both cities. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, they're all excellent or well, a lot of them are excellent. Um, so I, my response is basically, Go, you know, I mean, if that's your focus, you know, kudos to you for being focused. And it sounds like either city will work great. Yeah, definitely. I think so as well. Um, uh, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, um, uh, film school action happening in both places. So the students coming out of those are going to be producing their own work. They're going to be looking for a lot of actors, um, whether they're still in school and it's a student, quote unquote, student film, which there have been some amazing, amazing student, you know, student yeah. films, yeah. Um, or if they have graduated and are now, you know, producing work outside of school, whatever it is. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, of, of stuff going on. Um, and she is very focused. Moving outside of that, the independent film and commercial world, you know, a lot of the uh, daytime soaps are also shot. In New York. Some of them have mm. moved to L.A. I, almost um, all of them are in L.A. now. Really? They, they do some casting out in New York, but almost all of them are shot in L.A. now. Well, you'll just have I think to only... get cast in New York and yeah. then move to L.A. <laughs> to actually yeah. <laughs> uh, shoot. Um, yeah. yeah, so Sarah, if uh, I hope that answers your question. I know we got back to you via email, but we wanted to talk about it on the podcast as well. And if you're out there and it didn't answer your question, or if someone else wants to be more specific or get into some other things regarding that, um, please send us another email. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So awesome. um, next one comes from a, a fairly longtime listener, Randy Lee Hose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a sort of a two-part question, one that we've talked about at length, um, which is the whole um, name-changing thing. Um, and the other one is about resumes. So do you want to talk about the name change Situation. I, yeah, I feel like there's not a lot to really expand upon on that. I mean, Besides I think if, we've already if, talked I mean, about. we talked about it with St- Stephanie Oberhansley, who is now um, 
Evelyn. Evelyn uh, Obert, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's her, her stage name now, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and then yours, well of course, done. you've changed your name from Albert to AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, we've kind of addressed this a lot. I don't. I, I wish I knew offhand which episodes those were so I could direct you know, people that were interested in hearing more about that to those episodes. But, yeah. you know, I mean, earlier ones yeah, there. we're all for it. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, there's just not a, much I can a ex- mutual friend can say. Of, a mutual friend of uh, Trevor's and mine uh, recently joined SAG, and there was someone in SAG that already had her name, and uh, she had to change it, and she ended up using um, her middle name. And so it was just like, yeah. you know, her first, middle, and last name. And, you know, it's it's something that you just – you have to kind of deal with as an actor in, in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, go with go with what feels right. I mean, with me, I, I think I said this on the podcast, I, AJ is not out of the blue. My middle name is John, and my family has called me AJ when I, you know, when I was younger and, um, you know, because I'm a junior. So my dad and I have the same name, so – it helped as a distinction between the two of us. So it's like, you know, it's not like it's out of left field or anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, go with what feels right. And if you want to change it completely then try that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. And so the second part of Randy's question, um, was about the resume. It says, he says, what is worth putting on your resume? What are mm. CDs looking for on these resumes? Is it better to put everything you have done, such as community-level theater, regional theater, etc.? I've been building experience on stage the past six years through musicals, ballets, local commercials, indie student films. What is worth putting on your resume? This is an amazing question that we could talk about it's, at length. Yeah, this is um, a really good one because this is one of those things that you just that, that can give you away as an amateur or professional like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the uh, pitfalls that you have heard, Trev? Because I've well, got some, and I know you do too. Yeah, you know, when I first was going to move out to L.A., I was back in Philadelphia, and I had uh, a, one of my professor's um, kind of behests. I That's not grammatically correct, but one of my professors basically told me to um, <clears throat> call up Samuel French, the one on Sunset, and um, and basically request uh, like the Ross reports and uh, – a couple other like publications. So I did, and I got one of them and in the front of one of them was like a little guest article from somebody on resume tips. Oh, and, perfect. and this woman's tips were, seemed really strange to me, but I, I ran with them. Basically they said like spice up your resume by saying stuff like if you have, if your hair is blonde or dirty blonde, like put, make it descriptive, you know, or if your eyes are green, make it like, Make it like emerald green, or like make sure your, your dirty blonde hair is like dishwater blonde, you know, like I, something like that. And I was like, well, that sounds really hokey, but yeah. okay. So I did it, and um, <laughs> I sent off my resumes. And then when I finally got to LA and had a couple people look at them, they were like, "What the f- is this?" You know, and I was like, well, I, I just read that it was good, and they were like, "No, no, just no, like don't just your eyes are green or they're not, you know, like so." Uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't not don't get all green. poetic and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, there's that. There's two other things. Um, my agent right now, I'm SAG eligible, but my agent says to put SAG on my resume. And I've actually had a couple, uh, like, I guess, confrontations about this because he says to put SAG. You know, even if you're SAG eligible, you can still work SAG jobs. Mm-hmm. You can work SAG jobs no matter what. But, um, 
it does it does matter if you're SAG if you're auditioning for a non-union job. If those people don't know that you're SAG eligible, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But he says to put SAG because it shows you're committed. SAG eligible, he says, on a lot of casting directors' eyes looks like a, a lack of commitment. Hmm. Which is interesting to me, but I, I, I trust him. <clears throat> and um, I've heard that from more than one person. So so I think it's got legitimate foothold somewhere in the industry. But anyway, I went on an audition and I had SAG on the resume and it was for a non-union gig. And the woman running the session was like, what is this? You're SAG? And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm eligible. And she goes, you need to put that in your resume. And I was like, okay, well, I start and I started to explain myself and, and she just didn't want, want to hear it. And oh, she was yeah. like, she no, 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 no. SAG eligible has to be on your resume. And that was that so i went back to putting that on my resume and yeah. um you know that's just the way it is my feeling with union representation or or, or or union affiliation rather is let your representation take care of that like I, my feeling i mean i don't know there's gonna be a lot of debate on this i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of responses to this but my feeling with that is is just leave it off completely and let your representation kind of deal with that go in audition if they like you they're gonna find out you know yeah. they're gonna they're gonna seek out whether or not you're union or non-union if you're a member of SAG, AFTRA, Equity, whatever it is. They're gonna fi- they're gonna find out. So you know it shouldn't nothing should be on your headshot, not even your name. I feel like, um, and that's a mistake that I am currently in the midst of correcting. Wait, not even putting your he- name on your headshot? I don't I don't I don't know, man. I've been uh, I've been having uh, this uh, debate with myself recently. I don't. I don't think I'm going to put my name on my next round of of repos, my headshots, because it's just your picture, and they're going to remember you if they're going to remember you. And whether or not your name is actually there underneath your face, I don't think that matters. Wow i I got to disagree with you on this. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to say. I, just, I, I think I think your name needs to be underneath your picture. I need. I think they need to know you by name because you know you walk. They see how many actors a day. You know, when you walk into that room, and a lot of times you don't even get to say hi. I'm so and so, or shake their hand, or whatever. They get. They take your picture and just look at it. And if your name's not on the front, I feel like that's going to scream. Uh, why isn't your name here? You know, like, like. You know how how am I supposed to know you? I recognize your face. I remember your face, but well, your name's on your resume, which is right on the back, mm-hmm. and they know how to turn a page. Yeah, casting directors are intelligent people, and I'm not saying they're not, <laughs> but I mean it's just that's just standard. You know, it's like that's and like having a movie a DVD without the movie title on the cover. You know, there are lots of DVDs without the movie title on the cover. I've never seen one, and if I did, I'd be like, that is weird. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, if they're going to remember you, it's not going to be because your name happened to be on your, yeah. under your picture. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Same with the union. The, the, like, it's the same thing with the union affiliation, I feel like. It's like, they're going to they're gonna find out. If you go in there, okay, here's the thing. This is why I've been having a hard time with a lot of this stuff recently, because part of me feels like, as actors... We drive ourselves crazy over these little minuscule things like the font of your <laughs> yeah, name yeah. or the font on your resume or there. what should or should not go on the resume. Like I was in I was in the place where I get my headshots reproduced and the guy was like, Do you want to change the font? And I was like, Are you joking? And he goes, No. And I said, Oh wait, you deal with actors, don't you? And he was like and, and I'm an actor saying this, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't care. Like, what? I, I don't even want to know what font that is. It looks good. That's fine. 
I said, you must deal with people who just like are like, oh, no, can we try this one? Can we try this one? Can we try this one? Can we try that font, that font, that font? The font type, the font face on your resume and headshot is not going to book you jobs. Mm -hmm. Right? Your talent is. You are a talented human being that has something to offer. You are you you may or may not be the person that they're looking for that day. If you walk in the room, you look like the person that they want to cast, and then you can act on top of that, they're going to find out what your name is. And that's what's been tr- that's I guess that's why I'm saying it. It's not so much like Oh, I, I don't think, you know, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to be like pretentious and tell all of our listeners that they should remove their name from underneath their picture. What I'm trying to say is don't drive yourself crazy yeah. over these little stupid things that actors drive themselves crazy over. Yeah. Yo, shit just got real on Inside Acting. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're like, we're, this is like, I feel like this is one of the most <laughs> candid conversations we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know what, I think that that's, that's a great example of just like bad energy management. You know, it's like, how much effort are you going to put into these tiny little things? Even though it's Attention important. units. Yes. I, oh, God, we could talk about attention units and everything, but, sure, but I mean, like, write a book. Anyway, I, I mean, I mean, like I understand it because it is your business card as an actor, you know, your picture and the, the wording on it, like the, like that kind of stuff does make a very subtle impact on people. You know, if, if there's a font on there that's hideous or there's a font that doesn't work with your pic, I mean, I understand the, the fuss about that, but I feel like that the amount of energy that actors put into that kind of thing could be, you know, t- cut into a 10th and it'd still be fine. Yeah. One of our um, one of our viewers on uh, UStream just said uh, that that could be potentially dangerous if the papers become unstapled. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Very true. Very, Very true. true. Um, so uh, back to his question, which was about resumes, not headshots. Yeah. Um, what is worth putting on the resume? Did, did you have you said you had one more thing? Yeah. Um, uh, Porter Kelly, who we actually interviewed in episode nine. Yeah. Um, it was a really great interview. If if uh, anybody listening to this hasn't it listened might to be that, one of my favorites. It's yeah. Oh, be it's it's because it's, it's got a lot of really five. concrete advice and and experience. She's and so wisdom like, to it. Nice and personable. Anyway. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, but she she also interns at my agent's office, and she actually emailed me a few weeks ago and said, "Update on your on my actor's access account and my resume." She said to update all my television credits with the director, the name of the director that directed those episodes. And if I couldn't find out, if I didn't know that director offhand, I could go onto IMDb and find it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not aware that you needed to do that for television, but apparently that's standard practice. So that yeah. was one thing that, you know, me who's been out here for seven years and thinks I know what I'm doing, <laughs> missed. So I had this really interesting experience with, this is my whole take on the resume thing. I I had this really interesting experience where I kind of handed over my resume to my manager when, after we signed mm-hmm. and, and, and just, I was, it was just, you know, slice, 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 cut, 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 change, change, change. And then she sent it back to me. Yeah. And I liked it. I liked what was there, but it was really interesting. I kind of stared at it and like studied it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still need to update it with um, AJ Meyer on my website. But if you want to go to my website, you can take a look at it, ajmeyer.com or, or, or albertmeyer.com. We'll both send you to the same place. I still need to update. I've updated my, my resume um, just at auditions, but I, I haven't updated it on the website. But if you want to go take a look at it, that is the resume that my manager tweaked what 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 did she tweak i should maybe we should post like our before and afters or something like that 
Do you have like old resumes with like, like old old ones? Yeah, somewhere I do. We should actually we should see do like a, a before and after underneath the uh, in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, that could be, be interesting. interesting. Yeah, before and after. Um, so she took out all of the description stuff. So like you were just saying, like the green eyes and blonde hair mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not it wasn't that it was just not descriptive. It was just gone altogether. She took it off altogether. Yep, height, wow. weight, hair color, eye really? color, everything gone. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just my name at the top, then credits. Um, no union affiliations? No union affiliations. Directors of television uh, episodes. Which were on there. Were on there. Okay. Um, and she actually emailed me and asked me, you know, who directed, you know, Hannah Montana and blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, removed, um, removed, I think, I'm trying to remember. There was something in theater. I used to have the role... The show, the director, and the theater, I think. Mm-hmm. And one of those got booted. I can't remember which. It was probably the director. Because that happened when I signed with my agent. He, he booted the directors I off of mine, too. I think you might be right. Yeah. And what was interesting to me, too, to, to quickly interrupt you, was that for theater, it's okay to put the name of the role, you know, Ben or or Theseus or whatever it is. But with film and television, it's, you're only supposed to put supporting right. or lead or guest co-star star, or right. whatever, you know, right. exactly. um, or recurring, you know, things um, like that. And it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of theater, um, you know, you and I both have a ton of theater credits, um, you know, comparatively speaking to our film and television credits. And I was told to pare them down to my best 12 theater credits and has put selected credits next to the heading, the theater heading, mm-hmm. just put in parentheses selected credits and just have 12 of the, so I, I picked the 12 most recent ones mm-hmm. and um, I guess it makes it a little more balanced or maybe it just, I don't know. Cause you know, I've, I've also heard then from casting directors that they look for actors with lots of theater credits because they see that that's an actor who really enjoys acting. Right. And so I was thinking, great, the more theater credits, the better, but then I'm being told to keep it down to 12. So it's like, you're trying to please a lot of people with your resume, and I think the best you can do is is just keep it balanced. Yeah, maybe. I just looked at I just looked at my resume, and it's it's the role. The role is the column that got taken out. Really, under theater, yeah. So under wow. film, it's the name of the film, uh, and then it says independent, because um, they're all independent films. And then the director under television, it's the episode. Um, the production company, so it says Disney slash Disney Channel, and then the director. And then in a theater, it's the play, the theater name, and then the director. Wow. So kind of interesting. Um, and then uh, commercials, here's a little trick for you, Randy, um, and anyone else out there listening. For commercials, you can always put list available upon request mm-hmm. underneath commercials. Yeah. Um, and people are like, well, what if they ask? Then you tell them you don't have any. <laughs> like if you don't have any and you put list available upon request under that and they say, Oh, well I request your list. Just say, I don't have any. Mm. That's it. Yeah. What That's they, it. what they really want to know is what conflicts do you have? You know, are right. they trying to cast you for McDonald's commercial, but you're, you were just in a Burger King commercial. Like that's what they want to know. Right. Exactly. And that can be, and that really can be handled by your yeah. representation. Yeah, I've, that's not I've never been you, asked. For yeah, that's not something that you have to deal with yeah. at all. Um, and then I guess the most important thing um, for me, I mean, because w- we could talk about this for a long time and maybe we should come back to the whole resume um, conversation because we kind of got si- sidetracked by um, our little candid <laughs> discussion <laughs> earlier. Right. right. Um, the most important thing 
with resumes is just do not under any circumstances lie. We you we talked never, about this. Ever ever lie on your resume. We yeah. mentioned it in a previous episode, but you know, I, I I can't tell you how important it is that you are honest. Uh-huh. If you're just gradu- if you're just out of school, they know you're just out of school and you're not going to have a lot of credits and maybe some of those credits are going to be, you know, productions that you did at school. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They understand that, you know, ca- casting directors are aware of that. Um this is you want to book the office, you know, you want them to keep bringing you back. Right. Right. Yeah, you're probably um, not going to book those first few auditions. And so you know, community level theater, Randy. Yeah, sure. Put it on there. Regional theater. Great. I mean, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Um, the Indian student films, it's all good stuff. You know, if it gets too, if it gets to be too much, cut the ones that were like the, um, I don't know, least interesting to you. You know, if you were looking at your own resume, what's, what's not very interesting to you, you know, you don't have to put everything on yeah. your resume or maybe cut the plays that are typically done in schools and community theaters. Like, you know, if you've got proof on there, which everybody and their mother has done at yeah. some point, maybe take that one off and, yeah. and go with something a little more unique sounding. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it could, you know, I mean, I don't know that, you know, there's arguments for and against that, but, um, it's a so big question. Maybe we'll do the, uh, before and after thing. That's, I think that'd be a good idea. Let's sounds kind of interesting. So yeah. we should do that. Okay, cool. Um, cool. so, we're gonna. We got one more uh, email, but we're gonna save that for the next episode, right? Um, yeah, we got a voicemail from Matt Weber. Yeah, we want to move yeah. on to the voicemail. So we have uh, Stephen Wolf. We'll get to your um, email yeah. question um, in the next episode, and Una Love. We'll get to your voicemail question in the next episode. So this is a voicemail from um, a listener named Matt Wilder, um, who left us a really incredible voicemail. Kind of uh, not only lauding the. Uh, the podcast, but also kind of telling us what he's up to, um, which we really appreciate Matt. If you want to, um, follow him, I think he's at Matt Wilder 84 on yeah, Twitter. That's right. Um, and so thank you for that, Matt. And, um, he knows that his voicemail went on for a while. So we're just going to cut it down to the question or comment section. Um, and, uh, and kind of discuss it. It's pr- it's pretty interesting. So take a listen. Oftentimes, um, it can feel very, very lonely pursuing, this type of career by myself um, in this world where I'm literally running my own business and I have no one to answer to. And Hmm. to know that there are other people out there, and yes, of course, we know that there are other people pursuing it, but we don't have people really around you that are doing the same thing as you and all you see is people getting up every morning and going to work and then going to home and you're the only one that's driving, you know, uh, against the traffic and you're not waiting in the traffic. Yeah. I mean, we, I chose this life to be outside of all of that. And, uh, but at the same time, on the flip side, it just feels extremely alone. And so the bottom line is, is that you guys make me feel comfortable and sane to know that I'm pursuing something that other people are pursuing as well and are, going through the ups and the downs and the the excitement and the education and the you know the, the bookings and the non bookings it's so it's fantastic there's not really a question there it's more yeah, just like it's a, more of a comment but what i said when we first yeah. got this voicemail we got it a couple weeks ago and thank you matt for for sending it in mm. um the first thing i said to 
Trevor, was what fascinates me about this voicemail is he's not like we all as actors, I feel like we all deal with the whole like he's talking about a certain loneliness in that we are we do something very different than you know it's like the artist's life we do something sort of um that especially in america it's a little bit against the against the grain you know he's calling us from new jersey um just 10 minutes outside of new york um it's something that can be a little bit against the grain because there's not a whole lot of support for it in the united states unfortunately Mm -hmm. arts funding is always the first to get cut so on and so forth um, so we all kind of go through the, like, oh, should we be doing this? Is this something that we should be pursuing? Like that whole argument. But what I find most fascinating about this is that he's not just hitting on that. He's hitting on sort of like this deeper, more like humanistic, like this cultural thing. He, he's talking about, you know, driving the opposite direction on a freeway, which is both literal and figurative, right? It's this analogy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that. You're, it's like you're not participating in the standard sort of nine to five Monday through Friday life where these people go to work, come home to their wife and kids type, you know, existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's he it, it's because the experience of an artist is so much can be so much more different than the experience of other humans. That's where the loneliness stems from, I feel like. I think that's what he's trying to say. And Matt, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Call us and leave us another voicemail. But I think that's what he's talking about. And it's like that really struck me and made me think of you, too, because of like the you know sort of jadedness that you've been feeling lately. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what got me thinking in that comment was uh, Tony touched on this a little bit in his interview from a few episodes ago where he said like a lot of your friends and family just aren't going to get what you're doing. And he said this, and this, this really kind of was a little bit of an aha for me. He said, he said, you know, a lot of people, they graduate high school or college and they go off and their dream is to start a family and to have a house and to have uh, you know, a, a job and that, that pays you an X number of dollars a year. And that's, that's literally their dream is to have a family. And that's an, I mean, that's everybody's dream. I, well, most people's dream, you know, at the core, but like the lifestyle that comes along with that is kind of assumed in most people's mind. And when you, when you take this lifestyle, which is so unexpected and last minute and, and topsy turvy, it really can feel lonely because not only does nobody else participate in it, but very few people actually get it. They look at you like, Dude, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like, like, you're not part of our culture. You're not, you're not doing what everybody else does. You know, it's and it does alienate you from people. Like, I, there's a reason that most of our friends are actors or somehow involved in acting or theater or something like or something artistic, artistic like that. Yeah. I don't know anybody that I speak with on a regular basis that's not somewhat artistically inclined. And I have a lot of friends, you know, that, that I don't speak to on a regular basis that are not artistically inclined, and they have very few friends that aren't artistically inclined. You know, it's like like attracts like, and these pockets of people hang out. It just happens that artists are, are such a small pocket of people because it is weird, and it is lonely, and, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You think that's a good thing or a bad thing that we do that to ourselves? Isolate ourselves like that? Uh, into the pockets of like artists, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a conscious choice. I think it's something that just happens, happens because, organically. Because it's like, if, if I'm sitting in a room with you know, 
I'm not going to say names, but like, you know, the dude from high school whose locker was next to me who went off and was a business major in college and now works at a, you know, selling insurance to large companies. If I'm sitting next to him on the couch, we're not going to have very much to talk about, you know, because he's not going to understand my life and what, and what, what drives me and why I've made these choices. And I'm not going to understand his. It is not necessarily a decision to be taken lightly, especially if you're going to move as far as you moved. Yeah. And, you know, made an entire, essentially an entire lifestyle change. Um, those decisions should not be made or taken lightly. Yeah. Um, I go back east now and I see friends and they've all got houses with mortgages and half of them have kids. And they're like, you know, how you doing, dude? You know, we're, we're getting on, we're coming on 30 years old. And I'm like, <laughs> You don't want to know. No. <laughs> you would not approve of the way I'm living my life that way. <laughs> and, but it's funny too, you know, on that same note, a lot of them say, you know, man, I wish, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I could go out to LA and, and pursue my dream the way you've done it. Like they all kind of look at me and speak to me with this kind of, this kind of like, I'm not bragging about myself, but this kind of awe that I had the balls to go out and do this and not sit in that kind of comfort zone yeah. of, of house, kids, mortgage, two cars, $60,000 a year job out of school, you know? And, and they kind of look at me with this, like, man, I wish, I wish I had been brave enough to do that. Yeah. And I, I, I want to be like, like for me, there wasn't even a choice. It wasn't even a thought, but also it's not nearly as glamorous as you think it is. No, no. <laughs> but that being said, I think this is like the inspirational note to sort of, end on and move into the yeah. the interview with, which is if you're listening to this and you're an artist and you've chosen that path, you are extremely brave as Trevor just said, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. an extremely brave, uh, courageous endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all in this together. And I think it's very much okay to, to speak about it to people, the, the kind of loneliness that, that comes along with it a lot of the time, like Matt did. I really, I really appreciate that he was willing to share that on our podcast with, you know, how many hundreds of listeners. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty brave too. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, that was, that was a minute and a half of a, of a, what was essentially a five minute long. He got yeah. cut off, called us back, left more <laughs> of a message. Um, what was essentially a five minute long, um, sort of opening up. So, um, Matt is very much appreciated and, uh, thank you for yeah. lending your voice to inside acting. Cool. So on that note, on that note, let's roll into this great interview with Lori records, ca- uh, commercial casting director in Los Angeles. And once again, this will be part one, part two will be in episode 23. So, um, enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back. We are sitting here with uh, casting director Lori Records. Uh, Trevor and I are both here. And uh, go ahead and say hi, Lori. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're really excited to have uh, her on the show for uh, a number of reasons. Um, uh, She's got some great insights, some great um, uh, quips and stories and some knowledge bombs for you guys. Um, And uh, she's also just a very 
very nice human being. So we're happy to have her as a guest uh, on our podcast. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. So um, I just, I think that we always start these at the same point, which is at the beginning. A very good place to start. It is. Uh, <laughs> that was a Sound of Music reference, by the way. We can sing together if you'd like. No. No, 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 no. Don't <laughs> don't <laughs> um, so how did you get started? Um, I know a lot of casting directors we've interviewed before started out as actors first. Like, were you, did you go that path as well? Or was there something else that you did? Tell us about sort of how you got into this crazy business. Into this crazy business. Uh, I did start out as an actor in Seattle. I did stage work there. Um, I went to Cornish College of the Arts. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting and had a really decent stage career for about 10 years. I did a lot of touring. I did musicals. I did Shakespeare, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, I then moved out here to lovely Los Angeles, actually with um, no great hopes of um, doing film or television. I was just a theater girl. And uh, as you may agree or or not, um, I didn't find L.A. to be a really rewarding theater town. Um, I I did some shows here for a while, and it just it didn't work for me. I found that I was frustrated with the theater scene here. Um, So I was just trying to figure out what plan B was going to be. Uh, And I was offered a job at L.A. Casting by the owner there. I was working at Starbucks and, uh, he bought coffee for me every day and said, Hey, come and work for me. So I said, sure. Why not? So that was in 2004. And, uh, and that was my introduction into commercials and into commercial casting and the commercial world. So I have been working with actors, uh, and casting directors, uh, in the world of commercials since then and educating them. Uh, that was, Towards the beginning of everything starting to be online and that whole change from having stacks and stacks of headshots and resumes delivered to the office and and casting directors were moving over to doing it all online. So I was part of educating everybody about that. Hmm. Um, from there, I, I was there for about three years. And um, from there, I went to a casting associate position with... Um, a wonderful casting director in town, and that's where I filled in all the other holes of what I didn't have as far as the knowledge goes um, of commercial casting. So I was with her for about three years, and it's been about one year that I've had my own company now, so casting on my own. Nice. What did you do for LA Casting exactly during your time there? Or where did you start and where did you end up? I started out scanning photos for actors. Um, Just the most bottom base job that I could possibly have there. And sort of worked my way up. That desk when you get to the top of the stairs at 200 South La Brea. I was that person. Okay. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Many, many years ago. I know exactly what you're talking about. If any of you actors have ever been to that location, you know what we're talking about. But there's this. Uh, one office where so many of the commercials in town get cast, and it's mm-hmm. at 200 South La Brea, and you walk up the stairs, and there's the little desk there with a the person scanning headshots. So I know exactly what you're talking that's about. That's how I started. And then I moved into the position of sort of helping and advising casting directors. And so I spent several years doing that as well, of helping them use the software and use the system. And mm. if anything was going wrong and they were panicking, I was the one that they talked to. And 
it was a great education, actually. So it just kind of really fell into your lap. It really did. And do you find that it's, does it, like acting fulfills people in one very kind of specific way. Does the casting kind of do that for you? I am thrilled with my job. I think it's the greatest job ever. Um, I miss being on stage, definitely. Um, But I don't, I think it would be terrible to be a casting director and wish every day that I was doing what you guys were doing, (laughs) but I don't feel that way. I love doing what I'm doing. I have a great time. and, And I think that when actors come in, um, for a session with me, I think that shows <laughs> when I'm directing them and explaining what's going on. Um, uh, it's it's just the coolest job in the world. I enjoy it. That's great. Yeah, That's, I'm cool. better that you enjoy it than not enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that'd be terrible. Right? Seriously. No kidding. Um, Life well, is short. And you know, we've had casting directors who were who used to be actors say that you know they sort of understand the uh, <laughs> the plight. Mm-hmm. Of an actor, and you kind of you kind of can get into an actor's head because you are one yourself. And do you find that that I mean, how does that help you in in the room when you're having been an actor uh, and a trained actor at that? Um, I think that my uh, the way in which I can direct you guys and and the language that I use, the terms that I use, I think that I speak actor ease. I think that you know. When I know I've got somebody trained in the room, I can say, okay, I need you to pursue your objective a little bit more. It's a little bit more important than you're making it right now. Can we, bump, mm. can we bump up the stakes? Can we, you know, this is what I need you to do. And then they, you know, being a trained actor, go, oh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, I can do that. You know, or it's a little mm. too over the top. Can we take it down a bit? You know, can we do this? In your experience, there are a lot of casting directors that, that – don't have that same kind of ability to communicate with actors? I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, that would be a better question probably for an actor. Um, but I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure that, uh, you know, being able to communicate mm-hmm. what you want and what you need from them is key. And in commercials, you've got like two seconds to get that across, you know, commercials, yeah. everything is so fast. So I don't have the time to spend 10 minutes with each actor going, let's talk about this scene. And, and you know, what's your motivation and here are the beats. You know, I, I haven't got time. You need to do that on your own. You need to prepare that having looked at, you know, the boards at home or, or the copy or whatever, you know, I've got a very short amount of time to communicate exactly what I need from you. And then you need to do it. And I need Need to get you out so that I can get the next person in. Uh-huh. Commercials are just so stinking so, fast. It's yeah. crazy. Well, and to kind of, t- I'm going to turn this conversation on its head a little bit okay. because we were talking before we started recording and I actually uh, had the pleasure of going in uh, to an audition for Lori uh, earlier in the week and um, it was one of maybe three auditions that I had this week for commercials where there were no lines. Like, literally nothing. Um, <clears throat> this was for a different one, not the one I went in for for Lori, but I went in for um, a commercial where I, I, the, the role was a window washer. And that's literally the entire audition was just standing there pretending to squeegee a window. That was the audition. Uh, no lines, no anything. So I'm wondering, as an actor, as a casting director, what advice can you give to us going in because like I feel like we have all this quote unquote training and like we study so hard. Know, and, you know, know you first of all you don't get the copy before you go in. You don't see the boards because it's commercials. You get there, you see what it is and you go, okay, and you're either memorizing a couple of lines, which is like nice to get, you know, like a, a line is nice to have in a commercial audition. 
or you're just pantomiming something. Right. Yeah. It's like having your picture taken as your audition, you know? Commercials so, are crazy. And, and frankly, as a casting director, I prefer when you guys have copy to work on. It makes it easier <laughs> for me, too. So, gosh darn it. When you have a commercial where there is no dialogue, um, it's tough. I get those. I look at the boards. I read the treatment. Uh, and, you know, I've got questions for the director, too. So I try to get as much information from him. Like, what the heck can I do with these actors, you know, in this session? to give you what you need to to know so that you can choose wisely, you know, in casting your commercial, Mr. Director. Uh, so in this case, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I had you do. In this case, well, you it, were, I mean, yeah, we, we were, we're, we talked before, we're not going to mention the client yes. on the podcast, but uh, what it was, was, I was pretending to push a car down a street and the car was of course a table and a chair chair (laughs) in the room you know and uh it was like okay yay like i'm pretending to push a car in my audition not that i'm begrudging the audition like i'm happy to be there and i'm happy that my agent is getting me out like i've been on a lot of commercial auditions that's not the point my point is that there's like nothing to work with it is it is really tough i would say that what was key for uh actors in this case um some technical things um i always say that you're never going to book a commercial if we can't see your face and i'm surprised how many times actors don't cheat out they don't keep track of where the camera is, mm-hmm. and I end up looking at their profile or the top of their head. In your case, AJ, you know, pushing the car, I kept reminding the actors, you got to know where you're going. You got to look ahead. You're pushing a big car, you know. So, so if you're in the scene, make sure you don't run your car into a tree. Mm-hmm. But technically speaking, for you as the actor, I got to see your face. Or you're never going to book this job. The director will skip by you if he can't see your face. Because, of course, your look is going to be important in this commercial. If there's no copy and no dialogue, that's all it you is. know, that's, that's what you've got. So, you know, and a great imagination is always good for uh, actors in general, certainly in commercials. You know, yeah, you were pushing a car that was a table and a chair. And... Uh, uh, I don't think pantomiming skills had anything to do with whether the director liked you or didn't. But, you know, how much could you buy into into the scene and, you know, ugh, pushing a car is such a drag. And, ugh, and it's a little bit hard. It's a little tricky when you're doing it by yourself. Can you convey that? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you? Uh, and technically speaking, can you keep your face up? Do we get, you know, can we see your face or am I looking at the top of your head while you're pushing this car? Uh, Looking at the top of your head doesn't work. You will get skipped. Commercial acting is a whole different animal than, than, than you know, quote unquote acting, acting. It really is completely different. I think so too. And, uh, but I also think um, taking direction and listening in commercials is key. So uh, when you get an adjustment so many times actors, I just kid you not, will do the exact same thing. And I think, did you, did you not just hear what I just said? Was I not clear? Yeah. You know, and if I have time, I'll say it again. Usually I don't, you know, uh, I just gave you an adjustment. Literally you did the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are going to give you the session director, the casting director are going to give you every 
possible bit of information we can give you to help you succeed in the commercial. But if you don't listen, there isn't anything I can do to help you. Mm -hmm. Listening is so key. We will give you everything we possibly can. We want you to succeed. We want you to do a good job. But please listen. And if you're not good at... uh, adjusting on the spot, I don't know, take classes or, or develop that skill because it's wildly important. And certainly in a callback situation, that's what directors are looking for. Can they take direction? They may even give you a direction that they have no intention of going mm-hmm. just to see if you can take direction. That was right. going to be my very next question because I, I feel like that happens a lot. Like I'll, I'll, be in, I'll do it and I'll be like, okay, that was great. Now I want to try it like you're Standing you know, running from a, a rabid raccoon um, <laughs> with, with no shoes on bare glass. Okay, can you do it that? I'm like, what? You know, like, something, I mean, that's not completely a, ridiculous. Completely no, ridiculous. Yes. And I have this feeling they're just going, okay, is he flexible? Is he going to listen? What the, can he do? They want to know who's going to show up on set. Is yeah. this guy going to be able to, you know, give me, maybe I, you know, I as the director don't necessarily know what direction I'm going to go. So I'm going to want to know that he can do it this way, this way, this way, that we can play all day long. And, and then I get to choose from all of those different takes and, and ways that I took it, which works best for the commercial. So right. they've got to know that the person who shows up on set, which is a very expensive day, time is money, um, can they take direction immediately? Can mm-hmm. they make an adjustment immediately? You can't, you haven't got time to explain it 20 different ways. You know, it's not an acting class. It's, you've got to perform. And yeah. uh, it, it's, time is money on set, so... Now, that's that's why they do that. Do you, do you find that that there are actors with certain types of training that are typically very good at that kind of taking that kind of direction? Or, I mean, I would imagine that improv class classes improv experience plays a really key role in yeah, we're keep about And and it's so true. the The rumor is true. Uh, improv <laughs> is is one of the best possible classes that you could take if you want to uh, increase your chances in commercials. Um, Quite often right now, I mean, improv actors are just cool right now, so directors are asking specifically for, I want really hot improv people, and that doesn't mean the class that you took in college 10 years ago. It really means I want to know where you're studying right now or what you just got done with and what you plan on taking tomorrow. Um, Mm. You know, it just happens to be one of the hot things. In two years, it may not be so hot. But uh, improv is asked for all the time in commercials right now. but, but even set that aside, even if they're not specifically asking for improv, yes, being able to think on your feet and, you know, and be creative and uh, spur of the moment uh, is good stuff in commercials. Again, everything happens so fast. There is no time. You need to, you know, do something different. You need to make a choice uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a couple minutes in the room and that's it. I've got 20 other people waiting in the lobby that are breathing down my neck, you know, uh, you know, and, and I've got one day to get this right. You know, the, the perfect set of tape of all these great actors for my director, you know, there's no, there's no room for air yeah. in commercials. Yeah. Now that actually leads me, cause I, I'm curious about the kind of behind the scenes part of things, like how things kind of work, because uh, I have two questions, I guess. And the first one is, um, I mean, it, you must be under so much stress as a commercial casting director because these jobs come in so last minute. You've got to find these actors to bring in. And then you've got actors that, that don't show or that show up late or complain about parking or the session's running behind and you don't have a chance to tell them the session's running behind so they get grumpy. I mean, what? 
Oh gosh. I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, I you know, as an actor, it's easy to to become kind of jaded and go to these commercial auditions and say, "Man, there's no parking. They're running behind. Like, you know, like I, I got the wrong copy." Blah blah blah. But for you guys, it must be ten times more stressful. How do oh, you deal with all gosh. that? Gosh, you know, commercials are stressful, and and sometimes I think I'm crazy to uh, to be doing them. I'm realizing <laughs> as I'm broadening my horizons a little bit that theatrical stuff is just so much more chill. Not that they have an easy life. I don't want to say that you know theatrical casting directors don't have to work nearly as hard as I do, but it's a completely different pace. So it's stressful. It's last minute. It's it's. I have chosen a, a stressful line of work. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And so, um, and so often, um, actors, I just want to like. I want to shake them and go. Listen to me. This is the process. This is how it goes. I am not trying to torture you. I am not trying to waste your time. I know you're annoyed by the wait right now. I know that you're annoyed that the copy changed last minute that you worked on it last night and it's completely different. You don't think that I'm annoyed too? I mean, you know, if you're yeah. annoyed, trust me, I am 10 times more annoyed than you are. Um, so the deal with commercials is everything changes. Every uh, Last minute changes are the norm. Uh, everything moves at lightning speed. Um, so when you find yourself uh, exasperated in the lobby, um, my best advice would be to take a deep breath and chill out. Um, nobody is trying to torture you. I do respect you and I do respect your time. And, and I wish that I could come out into the lobby and explain <laughs> what all went, you know, to contribute to why you're waiting or why the copy changed or why you're playing an entirely different role now, or, um, there just isn't time to explain that. So I think there needs to be a level of trust that like, Hmm, there's probably something going on that I don't exactly know all the details about, but it behooves you guys to take a deep breath to, as much as possible not to let it bother you. Because the more agitated you are when you walk in the door, it's it just it just does. Yeah. And um, you know, yelling at my assistant doesn't help. Uh, do you have do you get a lot of actors that do that kind of thing? It, it happens. People lose their cool, and, and you know, and we yeah. all lose our cool. So it's easy for me to go don't lose your cool always be a perfect person and i know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but uh highly recommended that you just behave just the best of your ability uh be the most patient kind wonderful person in that lobby um you uh, treating my assistant badly will come back to me. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. And I'm fiercely loyal to the people that work for me because they're loyal to me. And they're working really hard, too. They're stressed out, too. It's it's not fun for anyone to have a room full of actors and, and be running late. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but truly, you've waited all that time, you know, let's say 45 minutes to even walk in the door, and you're so exasperated that you do a crummy job. You know, commercials are about being likable and warm and, you know, and friendly and trustworthy. That's, you know, so often that's the quality that they're looking for for commercial actors. And if you walk in and you're on tape just like grumpy and irritated <laughs> and it will show, um, you're not going to get the job. 
So mm-hmm. you you just wasted all that time. If if that's the space that you're in, I would say cross your name off and walk out the door. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're wasting everybody's time. You, uh, there has to be a way to sort of zen out and and not take it personally. Truly. I am, I'm not trying to waste your time and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. And, and I, I try to do a job personally um, of thanking people for coming in and letting them know that I appreciate them and, and that I appreciate the time that it took to get them in. But there isn't always even time for that. Um, so it just, I think, expect uh, the, the best and the most out of the casting director and give them credit and, and, just take a deep breath and and do the best that you can. Mm. So yeah. it sounds like from an actor's perspective, it's all about just expectations. It's just, you know, this is the way the beast operates. You know, I, I would say always expect, always expect to be there for an hour. Be pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised when you're not. You know, like <laughs> right. if if you can wrap your head around that, then it's like, oh, that only took forty minutes. Awesome. You know, what a better place to be than that took 40 minutes. I was in there for one and a half minutes. What a waste of my time. Right. Waste of your time. Really? Um, yeah, what a terrible way to look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, expect expect to be there. Uh, expect that, that things will change. Expect that... Uh, uh, that the lobby is going to be crowded. Expect that uh, you may be asked to do something entirely different than you thought you were going to be asked. Just roll with it. Uh, it will only behoove you. Mm-hmm. It will only be better for you if you can do that. Okay, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that first of two parts for uh, Lori Records' interview. Um, we've, we really got off on a couple tangents there in the first segment of this episode, and we, we got a lot of really great comments uh, through our Ustream channel from people who were listening to us record this and yeah, um, um, regarding the resume thing. User Get Jackson said, um, reinforce your name through repeated exposure. Uh, when they hang the headshots on the wall, the name that shows will become more familiar than those hidden. So uh, That's that, a was good point. A, that was a... Uh, retort to what I said about removing the name from the, the headshot. And it's a good one because Trevor has this thing. Yeah. You talk about it's, it because like you a, know it much better than I do. I mean, it's, I think, I don't know the name of it, but the idea is that it takes seven times for a product or a image or an idea to come across your, I guess, realm of consciousness before it actually registers. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's why that, like, when movies are going to come out, you see billboards for it everywhere. That's why, you know, you see 18 million things, ads for Coca-Cola every day. And so, I mean, I feel like the more often that they, they see your name, the better. It, you know, if right. they see it seven times, the seventh time it'll register. So that's a great point that they bring up. Um, and during the discussion about sort of feeling uh, loneliness or feeling outside of the rest of the human Rat yeah. race. Um, yeah. LaCZ uh, said, so true. I feel like people back home are like, why are you coming back from f- failing at life and being <laughs> in a whole <laughs> bunch of... Pro- oh, my God. Wow. Just, this is the first time reading this. When are, you, when are you coming back from failing at life and being in a whole bunch of projects that no one ever is going to see? Wow. Oh, my God. Jesus. LaCZ, seriously, hang in there. Um, hang in there. I mean, but you know what? That's... That's kind of the cold hard truth. A lot of people are going to look at it that way. Well, they they're going to look at it that they way. Understand. But there is there is still success in sort of the, the 
there is still success in the drive. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like the motivation itself. Yeah. Is a success. Yeah. You know, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Um, and uh, Get Jackson said, did we choose the path or did the path choose us? That's interesting. I was having a conversation with a friend the other night and uh, the friend, he, my friend Mark, um, who listens to the podcast, um, he's probably listening right now. Um, Hi, Mark. And, and he, he brought up this really neat idea he read in the science fiction book, the idea that all humans um, are a an antenna for our DNA. So the human body is actually just this antenna that attracts everything that we are from the universe into this experience. And I thought that was such a cool idea. And it, it kind of plays off of what Get Jackson just said there. That's really interesting. The idea of, of uh, maybe our antenna pulled in this experience or this desire as well, you know. So maybe it did choose us. I, I mean, I don't know. Just... Something neat to think about. So, we, so <laughs> in no other bearing. words, we were destined for this life. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. The, uh, if our DNA was set up so that we would be an artist. I'm going to start asking that question to people that we interview on this podcast. Do you feel like you chose us or did this choose you? That's a great question. And see what they say. That's a great question. That should go right before the, if you had one thing. The, the nugget. Yeah, yeah. The nugget question. Nice. That's, a, that's great. I'm going to credit Get Jackson with that question. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, Jackson. Oh, his name's David. Oh, David. Thank tweeted, you, David. He tweeted at us. David E. Jackson, watching Inside Acting live on Ustream. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't. Say. Please don't. I know exactly what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Um, uh, we'll see you next week for yeah, episode yeah. 23. Um, don't forget to uh, follow our new Twitter feed at twitter.com slash inside acting, or you can follow uh, just myself at twitter.com slash digital actor and or myself at twitter.com slash trevor algot fan us on facebook or actually facebook changed it it's like a like yeah now you have to but like us have to on like facebook us. so like us on facebook like can you t- like totally like 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 us on facebook like please like <laughs> you can uh, leave us a comment on the inside acting podcast website you can of course call us at one two one three two actors that's one two one three two 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 eight six seven seven you can write us a review on itunes and uh, last but certainly not least, um, uh, we would love, love, love if you could click on that donate button on the website, InsideActingPodcast.com, where you can also leave a comment or a donation or both. Yes. Um, and, of course, it just helps uh, go towards uh, production costs and, um, you know, um, storage space online for the podcast. And um, we have to buy a new mixer. Wah, wah. Yeah. That's why Albert's voice sounds a little kind of different than mine because he's using an an older mic with a different connection, so... Yeah, because our, our mixer kind of yeah. crapped out. But guess what, guys? This is actually... This is a huge success. Check this out. Because of your little five and... Or I shouldn't even say little. They're amazing. Because yeah. of the, 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 the donations that you guys have sent out, five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars at a time, we have enough money pooled together to, to, to pay to fix this piece of equipment that has um, just randomly crapped out on us. So, yeah. I mean, that's like, um, you know... The success success story of our of our um, of our don- of, of our listeners. Indeed, really. indeed. And just a quick note on donations: it is all done through PayPal, so it is one hundred percent secure, or at least as secure as PayPal makes it, which is pretty damn secure. And uh, you can write it off if you're an actor. You can write it off as an education expense, so you can 
you know, write it off. <laughs> of your taxes. <laughs> of your taxes. Next year. All right. So for episode 22, I think that does it. Yes, please. <laughs> My name is Trevor Algott. I'm AJ Meyer. See you guys next week. <laughs>